Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say that those guys are, are still in the middle of the move to San Antonio. Instead, what I'm going to say is this. We've got the OG back on the show tonight. We've got Vincent Rocco Vargas joining us live from Los Angeles. Um, look, uh, all of us have been best friends for, fuck, years at this point. Uh, I've read a couple very varying uh, messages on like why Rocco left or speculation of why Rocco isn't on the show. Uh, Rock, look, Rocco left the show because he blew, blew the fuck up. Um, he got two TV series back to back. He's in Los Angeles, I don't know, probably nine months out of the year now, and he's just not near us anymore. Um, and his schedule is too busy. When you're out shooting TV shows like this, it's a 15 hour a day gig. And, uh, you know, he still loves doing podcasts. He started his own podcast, but he needed to do it on his time and his schedule and, and not ours. Um, and that was the simple fact of it. Um, but again, we're all still best friends in, in real life. And, uh, he called me up and said, Hey man, I've got one day off next week and I'd love to do the drinking bros. And I was like, great, call me and, uh, and we'll record. And we hop back into it just like he had never left. So super psyched to have Rocco back on the show. Uh, as always, we have some sponsors before we get into the sponsors. Uh, I'd like to give a personal, uh, shout out to you guys. Um, my new book, when darkness falls, he doesn't catch it. The sequel to at night. She cries while he rides his steed is now on pre-sale. Um, you guys went out and have been buying it opening day and it's been crushing the charts. I, I unbelievably like I, I can't believe the the support and uh, and all that shit. If 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 every one of you, I've never asked you to buy anything on this show. I've made suggestions with the sponsors. I'm like, hey, we like this or we like this. I've never asked you to buy anything from me. If you could just buy this book in hardback off of uh, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, that would truly mean the world to me. Um, as you know, we've talked about it on a couple other shows. It, the comedy in it is super aggressive. Um, I even leaked the audiobook to this show. Everybody loves the audiobook. Um, and uh, the new one is even more aggressive than the last one. Uh, I had an issue with the publisher, who was Simon and Schuster. They didn't want me to put a sex scene in the book with Harriet Tubman, um, nor did they like that storyline. Uh, I told them to go fuck themselves. And uh, not only did I put it in there, but I put myself and Harriet Tubman on the cover of the book. Uh, they were not pleased with that. However, the way my contract was structured, they didn't have a choice. So it's either they print what I wrote or I got to do it on my own and tell them to fuck off. That's exactly what happened. And uh, to be on the New York Times bestseller list would be a, an amazing fuck you to the world. Um, the best way I can possibly get there is through pre-sales because all of those pre-sales count for your opening week. Um, the New York Times bestseller list, the way it works is it is a weekly thing, not a overall thing. So it doesn't matter so much how many copies you had sold over the lifespan of your book. It matters if you had enough sold during that one week and then it starts over the following week. Um, you typically have to sell somewhere between... 
uh, six to seven thousand hardbacks your your opening week, and you make the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, when Darkness Falls, he doesn't catch it. Is currently available in hardcover uh, now, and you can pre-order it. Um, it comes out uh, August fourteenth, but all of those pre-sales count towards this. If it just one, every listener just bought one copy. I would be on the New York Times bestseller list opening week, um, and it would truly shock the world and change the way that uh, we look at aggressive content coming out going forward, not only with my book, um, but with Matt's book as well. Uh, Matt's book is currently held up at the Department of Defense. Uh, both of uh, him, we share joint writing on the book If if since my book is coming out first. If that hits the New York Times bestseller list, and I become a New York Times bestselling author, it will put more pressure on them to get Matt's book out faster. Um, so I, I, this is the one time I'm going to ask you, please go out and pre-order um, my book, uh, it, When Darkness Falls, He Doesn't Catch It, and actually buy it. This is the first time I'm going to ask you to buy it. I'm going to keep reminding you to buy the book. Don't, don't think that I won't do that. Um, but uh, this one, I'm, I'm actually asking you just to go out and buy. It'll really support the show. It'll really help us. It'll help get Matt's book out faster. And in this upcoming interview that you're about to hear with Rocco, he's dealing it with the TV show that he's been shooting for the last year. We're not allowed to talk about the network because the show still might go forward. But the content that he was shooting is involving guns. And in particular... Uh, networks and Hollywood and all of that shit uh, shy away th- from anything that's aggressive or anything that advertisers might pull out of. Um, and he's going through it on his own. He'll be able to describe that to you. But but just know that it's not only going on in books, uh, it's going on in television and it's going on in movies. So the more support we can get by people buying these books independently, supporting us independently, uh, the more we'll be able to put more of this content out into the world that people enjoy. Um, in this book, too, with When Darkness Falls, He Doesn't Catch It, they also said I killed too many people. Uh, they said the characters killed too many people, it's too many guns, uh, too much sex, all that other bullshit. Buying a copy of this and having this come out uh, on the New York Times bestseller list would really show the world that people want this content and and they're tired of being fucking pussies. So uh, please, by all means, uh, check out When Darkness Falls. He doesn't catch it and pre-order it now. Without further ado, I'm going to get into the rest of our sponsors. Then we're going to talk to Vincent Rocco Vargas uh, for, for a good hour, just like old times. First and foremost, we're talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Black Rifle Coffee is a premium roast-to-order coffee. These guys are doing it right, doing it tight, doing it all fucking nights. It's owned by Evan, Matt, and Jared. Not only is it my favorite coffee, but it's owned by my best friends, and it's uh, it's veteran-owned kids. You got to get yourself the subscription of the month club. Get the coffee club of the month club. There's a there's a promo code of Drinking Bros that is a it's good for a one-time use of twenty percent off, and uh, I would highly recommend using it on the coffee club of the month. It's some of the finest coffee out there, and their apparel is second to none. Big fan of BlackRifleCoffee.com. Promo code DRINKINGBROS, 20% off, one-time use. Next up, we've got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Strikeforce is our day one homies. They're not our side chick. They're our main chick. Talking about four original flavors. Uh, lemon, 
Orange original and make America grape again. They got boxes of 10, 40, and they got a 750 milliliter bottle that rests on your bar top or countertop and you just boom, boom, pop a couple squirts in and motherfucking G.O. It's a tasty tiny little tin pouch that squeezes into any liquid available. You can kick the can, kids. You don't need the monster. You don't need the Red Bull. You don't need the kickstart. None of it. Go to strikeforceenergy.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for 20% off. That promo code is good every single time, and they also ship everywhere around the world, which is a nice thing. Um, we've had some beers tonight. We're gonna have a good. We're gonna have a really great show. Um, next up, we've got GhostBed.com. <laughs> Sleep so good it's scary. Last time I slept in that bed, I'm not gonna say I got jacked off by a ghost, but I may have. I may have. Um, Ghostbed.com is doing it doing it real big these days. Their Craftmatic adjustable bed comes with a fucking remote on it, and it's also got USB ports. Uh, you're thinking to yourself, I can't build that, Ross. They can't ship that to me, and I can't, I can't fucking build it. You don't need it. It ships the same as the mattress. It comes to your house, you pull it out of the box, and boom, you're ready to go. No more assembly. That's it. You don't have to do shit on that. They've also got a new mattress that uh, the bed is 15 degrees cooler. So if your wife is killing that thermostat, this is the bed you got to get. And I heard a rumor, a nasty little rumor, that they've got sheets now. I'm going to confirm with them before I plug it. But I think they've got sheets as well. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros uh, or type in the promo code drinking bros. Usually it's good for $50 off and two free pillows, but now they're just giving you the best deals they can on the planet. And I, I think that Craftmatic bed's like 400 bucks off, which is dope. But go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros and check it out for yourself. They also have a pay as you go plan, which is nice. So you don't have to plunk down a, a shit ton for a mattress uh, before you're. Your uh, your tax money comes in. Uh, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Next up, we've got Grill Your Ass Off. Huge fan of Grill Your Ass Off. Um, not only because of their, their seasonings for meats, not because of their new habanero seasoning. Um, they got, they got uh, seasonings for, for chicken, steak, all of it. But now they have jerky. Oh, boy. Did I butt fuck their bags of jerky the other night? Uh, they got four bags. The jerky's about six ninety nine a piece. Uh, it's just as amazing as their seasoning, and they they sell the fuck out of that. It, it is literally in one day and out the other. It's it's amazing. Their jerky is so good. I would get the four pack because it's twenty five bucks. You're saving yourself about seven bucks on that shit. And uh, a big fan of all of it across the board. They're. Uh, they're hot and spicy, or they're, they're, they're spicy and sweet is my jam. I love it. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for 15% off at Grill Your Ass Off. Ass-eating season's over. It is time for grilling season. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Promo code Drinking Bros, 15% off. Next up, we've got grenade soap. Oh, it's coming in. It's coming in hot. Uh, you're showering. You're bathing. Boom, somebody lobs in a grenade soap into the tub. Guess what? It's going to be an explosion of sensation all over your body. They've also got a taint scrubber, which is no lie. A lot of people have been hitting us up saying, Ross, is that, is that real? Do they really have a fucking taint scrubber? Yes, they do. It fits on your hand, kind of like the Hamburglar. And uh, you can just scrub your taint, your asshole, you're good to go. That way you're not stuffing a bar of soap up your ass. 
Um, they've also got amazing uh, bed, uh, not not bed bath products, kind of like Bed Bath and Beyond. As a dude, and you can soap up their their soap. Their grenade soap is made with real gunpowder, so you know it's good. You know you're scrubbing your orifices, cleans is what you're doing. Go to grenadesoap.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for twenty percent off at Grenade Soap. Big fan of those guys. Last but not least, we're talking about the Caillou app. It's K A Y U. It's free, no strings attached. Created by two Green Berets out of Fort Bragg. We are actually doing a live show with them in Fort Bragg on May 12th. Uh, come on out to, to Fort Bragg, the Cameo Art House. We're doing a, a full-on live show with the Caillou guys. Look, with Facebook going out in flames, everybody's looking for new social media apps. Try out Caillou. Again, it's free on your Android, iPhone, and it hooks up uh, travel, lodging, hookups a lot of people have been banging off of it which is nice and it also rates the humans which i really really appreciate um because there's there's nothing worse than seeing a human that's unrated where you're like man am i gonna have a good time with this guy i don't know if they got a fucking 3.2 on caillou you know they're no good uh go to caillou uh load it up on your phone free no strings attached Oh, welcome to Drinking Bros. We we got an OG on the show. We got Rocco. We got Rocco, the original Drinking Bro on the show. Fuck yeah! How are you, Fuck buddy? Yeah. Good, dude. Good. It's just been a fucking uh, a fucking roller coaster ride of fucking shit in life. You know, it's been good though. I dude, I I can only imagine. We miss you more than life itself on the show. Bro, it's crazy because it's funny because I shot you a tech like last week. I'm like, bro, I have a day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, come come on the show. I, I, yeah. And for it's, for it's the crazy. audience at home, like, you didn't leave. Like, we're all still best friends and all that shit. You didn't leave because of of any you know friendship or falling out or any of that stuff. Like, you got busy no, doing back to back TV shows, and I I remember yeah. I, I remember telling you I was like, man, we will never see you again with this this schedule coming up. Dude, that was the thing, man. It's like I, I spoke to Matt and fucking I spoke to JT briefly, but then he started talking about hot dogs. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you're you're not gonna get an Matt. honest answer out of uh JT or <laughs> or a genuine conversation about friendship. <laughs> I know, so I was talking to Matt. I'm just like, look, dude, I, I had to step back. I had to do my thing on my schedule because my schedule is so fucked. And I couldn't I couldn't sit around fucking I felt like I was holding everyone back, and it's not even that. It's just I wasn't doing my part to fucking to, to just feel part of the team. I just wasn't. I was. I needed to focus on the kids. I needed to focus on getting them settled in. I needed to focus on these two projects that I'm working on. And then I was like, well, what else can I do? Well, I could do my own podcast. So I started doing my own podcast because I could do that on my schedule. So it's like it's like I even you know I stepped back from Article 15 as well, and all for the same reason. It's like I told like, dude, I just don't have the time to commit to it. And there's nothing worse than being the guy on the team that doesn't do shit for the team, right? You know what I right. mean? And, and so I just felt like it, it's best, like, we stay homies. Obviously, we're all friends, but I got to focus on the direction that I want to go with my life. And when I was able to land these two fucking gigs, I'm like, well, fuck, dude, this is what I need to focus on now, you know? And no bad blood. Obviously, it's never fun to fucking step away from the dudes and fucking, you know, something. I, I still watch and listen, and I'm just like, fucking miss that shit but at the same time i you know i'm, I'm kind of doing it more for the family's sake I, you know to be home when i'm not fucking filming right because 
filming so fucking often. The only time I have that's free, I try and give it to the kids and my lady, obviously. But that's the thing. If I wasn't that, then I'd be fine from here. I'd fly to fucking San Antonio. I'd film again with Black Rifle. And then I'd fly. I'm like, no, dude, I can't, I can't do that anymore, man. Yeah, it it all becomes so much that it's like, you know, for the audience at home, when you're doing a TV show, let alone two TV shows, you're you're there like 15 hours a day. You're exhausted when you get off the set. It's it's hard just trying to do that, let alone something else on top of that. Yeah, and then there's no schedule, right? It's not like your nine to five fucking job. It's like, hey, today. You come in at five o'clock and you're getting off at three a.m. tomorrow. You flip around, you're gonna come in at three fucking p.m. And it's like these schedules don't make sense. It doesn't fucking matter. It's not about you. It's about how they lined up your your your, your scenes. Right. And like, so it's like there's no way of even scheduling shit with you because I'm like, I was like, oh fuck, I got a day off. Cool. And it's during the week because the weekend of my day off, I'm flying home. So it's just fucking nuts. Yeah, man, it, it's crazy. Um, and you're the ironic thing about it is you're in Salt Lake City. And now all of the guys have left Salt Lake City. Um, I, I, yeah, which, which is, which is, you know, that's the thing. You got to do what you got to do for business, right? And, right. And I, I knew that was probably going to happen because, dude, you know what's best for the fucking team as a whole. And so when that happened, I'm like, everyone's like, you're going to go to Salt Lake? I mean, you're going to go to San Antonio? I'm like, no, I lived there for 10 years. Coincidentally, I'm not going back, right? You know? <laughs> Because my fucking kids are now settled in Utah, and I'm okay with that, right? Because the best position for me to be in as a working actor in L.A. is in a position where I could do a direct flight in two hours. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing, too, um, is your other show, I'm not going to say which network it was on, it it was shooting in Salt Lake City. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start with that. Um, the, the show that you were doing again, I'm not going to mention what network it was on, but it was, it was about, uh, guns and gun, uh, restoration. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and just because, uh, because of what you have going on in, in, in society right now and, and kind of the, the climate with, with, guns you got your pro guns your 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 not pro guns and all that stuff um it was it's it's kind of a sensitive time to release and so we're going to hold on to the project i'm actually going to go back and kind of rewrite a few things and try and do some reshoots and then we'll see if we even get this thing off the ground right you just we just don't know it's here's the show is it good for tv yes it's fucking amazing but is it good for tv right now with the climate we have right now it's probably a little edgy and and what happens on shows is like the sponsors are really the ones that pay for the set time, right? right. Like you're at eight o'clock to nine o'clock, you'll have whatever major sponsors. But when that all happened recently with Vegas and then you have uh, in Florida, um, a lot of sponsors were like, you know what? Anything that's pro gun, we're just going to steer clear for now, right? Because everyone's kind of like, look, we just don't want to fucking piss off the masses. And it, it is what it is. That's the way TV is, the way Hollywood is. And, and so I understand it. Not even mad at it. I'm like, I get it. We got to play the game. Um, but, you know, we're well, going to go back to drawing board a little bit and, and see what's up. Here's what I find ridiculous about it is, I, you know, I had the pleasure, you invited me to watch the, the teaser trailer, which is about five, six minutes of it. And to me, like, and this, again, you're in it, not me. I'm, I'm, I'm just simply an observer of this. But to me, a show about gun restoration doesn't really, I don't understand how that lines up with what's going on in America and, and being... 
you know, pro gun or whatever. Because you guys were like working on like muskets and like crazy, like old guns and shit like that. Um, it's not like anybody's going to come yeah. into school with a musket. Yeah, it, that's well, it, you know, essentially it's just where you think of Duck Dynasty, dude. Their fucking whole show is based on fucking duck calls and they fucking rarely talk about the duck call. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. You know, and if someone's going around stabbing motherfuckers with duck calls, then people are like, wait, we can't support duck calls. Like, wait, that makes no sense because the show has really nothing to do with the fucking duck call. So that's kind of the predicament we were in. It was like, wait a minute. Like, this thing talks about my life, dude. It talks about the kids. It shows how how real and, and, and how difficult it is to try and run a business and fucking start from scratch. And we were trying to do something from scratch and make, make it successful by using all the basic stuff that me and Matt JT pretty much just started off doing was using social media to freaking market a company, whatever the case, right? And so, yeah, man, I mean, there's not, like, I can't say a lot right now because, sure. you know, we're still, there's still the opportunity to have it presented to, to, to the masses, which I'm fucking pumped. There's still that chance. And once I'm done here in LA, I fly back to Salt Lake and jump right back into there. Oh, and, boy. And, I mean, I'm, I'm having meetings next week. I have a meeting with, with an exec and it's just like, you got to trust the direction we want to go with this and, and, and fucking give me a chance. Motherfuckers. Right. Like, that's how I see it. Like, yeah, give me a fucking chance, dude. And you're going to see, you know, 50, 60, 70 year old women. You're going to see freaking 15, 16, 17 year old kids. are going to be like, this is a fun show. I'm like, yeah, it is, dude. It is. So, yeah. You know. and, and I, uh, you know, again, I've, I've seen it and it's like, man, I know that show <laughs> would blow up if they just put it on the fucking air. Um, but it, everything right now is so, everybody's so hypersensitive to every single little last thing. And that's what you were talking about. The advertising, that's all television is essentially is the, sh- the TV shows that you watch that are your favorite shows like Breaking Bad or the Mayans or Sons of Anarchy and shit like that. It is simply to serve the advertisers. If you don't get good ratings, yeah. th- then you're, you're not going to have a television show. Um, if, if an right. advertiser gets spooked by the content of your show, they're going to have trouble financing that show. So that's kind of yeah. how the gig works. I just uh, I wish it wasn't like that. Um it's, it's the thing you got to play the game, man. You yeah, know, you, you have. To. So for a little while, at least, until you until you become something crazy and do whatever the fuck you want. Because you know, you know, the dude from from Duck Dynasty now has his own freaking show on Facebook, right? Because Facebook's doing shows now. Yep. Yeah. Have I, you seen it yet? I, 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 I've I've seen that show. I've seen the other one. Did you watch the Ball Brothers one on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook's trying to be become their own Netflix, so you're going to be seeing a lot more shows come out on Facebook. They hired the executive team of uh, the former execs of MTV to go and run their content team. So, like, you know, I, I I could see that show easily shifting over to Facebook if need be. Your show. Well, that's my my cooking show, dude. My cooking show was that, dude. So, Facebook essentially paid me to turn. That um, rock recipes with Rocco, the YouTube one that yeah. was with Rated Red, yeah. into an actual TV show of their own. So they own that. I don't. People are like, dude, you should cook with it. I was like, dude, I have no fucking choice, bro. I'm going in to cook meals that I know how to cook, or someone, you know. But Facebook own that. They they fucking that's their that's their baby. They wanted me to try. I guess they wanted to see a tattooed fucking cook on there. But my cooking show was was one of the first kind of concepts of that. Really. 
Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I had no idea. I just thought because you've been doing so many cool projects. Um, I saw you do the 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 food one. I also saw you do the shaving one, which I'm a big big fan of. Yeah, dude. So that one. Well, I own Beard.com, and so you know you can do all the basic skits and funny shit and all that stuff. But um, for me, there's a root of the like the men grooming that's pretty important that I think some of the barbershops miss, like supercuts and those. They kind of sports cuts, whatever. They kind of miss the original. I guess the way I grew up, the way some our grandfathers grew up, and that straight razor, that fucking. You sit there and bullshit with the boys. It's like the place where you can go. And and so that kind of feel is what I wanted to create on the man behind the cut, you know, and it's really a cool spot to interview someone. It's great. We, we ran into some issues, but, but at the same time, I plan on filming another one here soon. But uh, yeah. What were the issues you I ran think, into? Any any copyright issues or? No, not at all. You don't okay. need fucking clippers, bro. When you're cutting with clippers, it's hard to interview with audio. <laughs> so we're like we're like well i i understand why people probably never done this shit before because it's fucking sucked on audio yeah it's true <laughs> it's terrible that and shooting on the beach is the worst like that'll crush your audio <laughs> so we're working on we're working on trying to clean that up a little bit but dude i have some ideas with some really free people in the chair obviously we have a lot of mma friends Make them by. I want to have some, you know, some professional athletes, some more veterans, um, and so you know, it's, it's just those are processes. When I get done with this show, I can jump on at least film one more of those and continue on with the episodes of that. Yeah, because uh, they're shot really well, they're edited really well. I mean, it's there's professional slick pieces that that remind me of uh, the short films that HBO used to do. And I'm a, I, yeah. I was a, I'm a huge fan. I love uh, the guys over at Beard.com. Luke Webster, you and I have a you know a mutual friend. Uh, he also owns StraightRazors.com, which is a, a sponsor on Ross Patterson Revolution. I love all of those products. And he he just recently sent me one that El Vato, um, that pomade. Yeah, El Vato. Dude, I, I I've been crushing that El Vato, and I saw that one on yours. That's part of Beard.com, isn't it? It is. It's part of Beard.com. So we came up with that shit about almost almost two years now. We came up with that and fucking didn't know how to bring it out. The goal for that one was, you know, for me, it's like in business, it's fun to kind of challenge other businesses in, in a sense. And you got Suavecito, which is killing the market in fucking palmates. It's one of the top selling palmates on Amazon and, and just throughout. And so there was not another kind of Latino focused fucking or like like you know labels or branded fucking pomade. We're like fuck it, Elvato's dope. You know what I mean? So uh, here coming soon, we're gonna try and just take them off the freaking top of uh, Amazon by just freaking just just out selling them. We're just having fun with it, really. But it is a good brand, it, it, and it is a good quality product. It's water based. So everyone's like, dude, this thing's so good. Like it is, dude. You know, we we took the time to put up to make something that we believed was gonna be great, not just shit in a can. And so. Yeah, you got a lot of man. A lot of the guys on the Mayans MC wear it too. I love it, man. I dude, I I, I rolled out with it last night. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of all of their products. Uh, by the way, um, I, I just I just think they fucking you guys just do it right. Like all of the the clones and aftershaves and all that shit. Like, um, you know, sometimes you have friends branch out into other companies, and you're like, yo, man, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, it, it, usually it's a piece of shit or, or the quality isn't great. All of those 
products over there at beard.com and straightrazors.com are fantastic. Um, so I think you got yeah. in, I think you got in with great people over there. Like that was, yeah. I did. Um, and then, then again, those shave videos, the content videos are fucking awesome. Um, I'm a well, huge, dude, we're opening it. We're opening up a, uh, national, our first barbershop is going to be in downtown Salt Lake. Uh, really? And so it's called, yeah. Throwbacks barbershop. That'll be open. Hopefully June, we'll have it up and running in June. We have everything getting built right now. And we're actually sharing the same space with Will, dude, with Will and Salt Lake, the tattoo artist. Oh, dude, Black Salt. So I, I've, dude, I've, I've gotten, yep. sh- I've gotten, uh, shit there from him. Um, that's awesome. I, dude, his spot yeah, is so great, man. Black Salt's great. Super dope. So what it is is he, he, um, we kind of just partnered up. He has the back half, I have the front half, and we're all in the same building, and it's just kind of like a, an easier, Yo, that place is dope, dude. Yeah, so we're excited about that opening. Hopefully June, July, man, we're ready to get up and going. That's awesome, man. Uh, Because Will Will does great work. Um, That space is great. Uh, The parking's easy and all that shit. Yeah, I'm that man. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Fun, man. How's the Mayans going? How's the Mayans MC? Because everybody follows you. You finally crossed a hundred thousand on Instagram. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I feel like I was rooting dude. for you, like like uh, Corky and standing behind the fire. Um, I, I like I was like, come on, dude, just get him over a hundred, just get him over. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, it's it's cool. Yeah, I, I, how is uh, I see a lot of pictures from set. How how's the show going? It's good, man. I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy to be to be here and learning on the fly, essentially, you know what I mean? There's a lot about film. I didn't understand. There's a lot about acting. I didn't understand. Um, I naturally was really comfortable with being in front of the camera, same from all the YouTube stuff and everything, but there's stuff I didn't understand about like finding the camera or the camera's trying to find you and, and positioning when speaking. And then when they change the angles, your position has to change again. And so it's like, all these things that I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm drinking from a fire hydrant, bro, and I'm just trying to fucking stay afloat, you know? Yeah, because it, it, it's a lot, and people at home see it, and they're like, ah, I could be an actor. And then you get there, and it's just like, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot more to it. It's very dude, te- it's very it's, technical. So it, it is. It is. It, it's an art form, dude. And it's and if you don't respect it as such, then you're, you're just going to get left behind. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll cut you out of it real quick um, because the more and more you know your angles, uh, know how to cheat your position in these angles, the more you're going to end up in the in the shows. Um, and, a lot, and a lot of people don't yeah. know that where it's like w- w- what you just said, finding the camera, uh, you know, if you're able to do that as an actor and find the camera, you're, you're going to have a lot more screen time. Because sometimes, look, if you're not the lead of the show and you're not the guy in every single scene, you've got to find a way to make yourself interesting on camera, standing behind somebody, yeah. standing next to somebody, uh, so that you end up in the cuts. Your your character stays on longer, and uh, and people want to bring you back. I thought you did an excellent job on that on Range 15. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I kind of I feel it here and there. You know what I mean? And I know even when. It's not my scene. I know I still have to do the facial expression acting, if you will. Yes. And so, you know, and I know that that, was, that, that ended up relating to Range 15 quite a bit for me because there's a lot of scenes where I'm making the weird face in the background or, or I'm like shocked, whatever the case, but it kind of helped one the scene, but two, it showed that I'm still part of the scene. It was, it was, it was a weird thing. 
Yeah, and because, you know, if you're able to do that, it, what it does is it essentially takes the editor's power away from getting cutting you out. Because if, you know, let's say you have four people in a scene and four people in the same shot, and one of them is doing something fucking dumb, then that you're going to lose that shot and you're going to go to the other actor. If everybody's doing something interesting on camera, that, that then you're going to have a better cutaways and you're going to have more more seconds and time on screen. In Range 15, it was very similar where you're, I think you always had like four or five actors in every fucking shot you were in. And somehow you always found a way to make it interesting and natural with your facial expressions. Um, and uh, I'm sure that carried over to to this because I would imagine. I, look, I haven't seen any footage from the Mayans, and they're keeping that under lock and key. But uh, I would imagine it's it's probably the same. If you're in a gang like that, you're probably with four or five fucking dudes in every scene, right? Dude, I'll tell you what. It does seem very similar to the way we filmed Range 15 on. You're like, there's so many fucking bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I've heard the same line from from them as the ones from you. Like, God, Rocco, your back is so fucking wide. You took up the whole shot. I'm like, yep, my bad. I've heard that before. (laughs) At least all of that carried over, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. This is funny. What's funny, dude, like the other day, they're explaining to me about what we're going to do on one of the scenes. And the guy's like, all right, so check it out. So on the day, you're going to do this. And I'm like, well, the day's today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he goes, and he goes, yeah, yeah, but on the day, make sure you do this. I'm like, but like, we're talking about today, right? <laughs> and he looks at me like, what the fuck? And I realize now what the fuck that means. Yeah, on, right? on, the, on the day means on camera in the next shot. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, wait, you're talking about today? Are we filming this today? He goes, yeah, on the day. I'm like, fuck, I'm lost, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, it's learning that little inside lingo and jargon like uh uh <laughs> yeah, find, finding the camera was another one where it's like motherfucker, I see the camera. I don't need to find it and it's like no, no, no. Just make sure your your face is lit and it's nicely, you know, you are it's in camera and people can see you. You're not blocked by other people's yeah. faces and you're like, "Oh, oh, okay." I remember on my first movie somebody told me, "Hey man, uh so I get a I get a ten one hundred and I'll be I'll be right back and I was like oh that must be one of the lenses they're going to change it's a ten one hundred I was like uh, yes ten one hundred for 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 all of this probably right and they were like no man ten one hundred's a code for I'm going to take a piss like uh, and I was like oh oh shit well we're definitely not pissing all over the camera so sorry about that we um, <laughs> have these weird sayings yeah, where you're just like dude why can't you just say I'm going to take a piss I'll be right back. You could just imagine, bro. Like, you could just imagine. I'm like, I'm like here's the thing, dude. It's like, one of the guys like, bro, don't sell yourself short. I was like, fuck no, I don't. I don't. Like, I know I have lack of experience on camera, so I'm trying to fucking learn it all. And I'm not afraid to tell them that either. Like, look, I'm learning. I am new at this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, no, no. But I fucking deserve to be here, motherfucker. Trust me. You know what I mean? And yeah. That's what I'm trying to convey. Like, don't think I don't deserve this, motherfucker. Trust me. I deserve it. I just fucking am still new, so I'm learning all the dumb little shit that I don't fucking know, right? That these guys for years, these guys have been acting here fucking 20 years already, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they know shit that I don't get, but I'm learning it. But, you know, I even tell them, like, look, I'm new, man. I'm still learning. They're like, oh, you don't say yourself. Like, I'm not, motherfucker. I know I need to be here. I know I'm good. And I believe in it, right? I believe in fucking, I believe in this fucking storyline. I just fit. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, this is, this is really. I guess this being in the position I'm in here, 
being an MC is the same as being in a fucking platoon, right? Like you're part of a gang, dude. Right. You're part of a little little mob that's gonna go down and kick down every fucking door in the goddamn village and fuck everyone up. And it's the same as a fucking MC. You're just part of a little mob, dude. And it's like, do I know how to play this role? Fuck yeah. And I know how to play the part of the role because I've always been that motherfucker, dude. So like, all I gotta do is transition all that shit fucking to film. And, and you know what I mean? In front of the camera or in front of the lens. And, and I feel good about that, you know? So that's pretty much all I'm trying to do, you know? Yeah. And I, and I can tell you this, like, you know, I gave you some advice on range 15 and, and I'll give you some advice on this. There, there is no better crash course in acting than a one hour drama on television because you get to really, really see so much more than you would working on a movie. Because, you know, when you work on a one-hour drama, it's, it's one hour in one week. Now, Range 15 was, 90, was a 90-minute film. That was 15 days. Well, in a one-hour drama, you're shooting that, what, you know, six, seven days? Um, yeah. Therefore, you get to see more behind the scenes, see more actors. It, you know, if you go to set... And I'm sure you you like to go to set and see some of the scenes and all that stuff. And um, it, you just get more experience because you're going to be doing it for much, much longer. Whereas Range 15, you know, you're out of there in 15 days, 16 days. Boom, movie's over. Take care. With this, you're going to be there for months. And that learning process is going to be invaluable. So if you take that back to a, a you know whatever movie you do after this, Holy shit, uh, doing a movie after this will seem like a, a goddamn piece of cake compared to a one-hour TV show. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do, you know what I mean? I'm learning every day. You know, they, I've got, like, four guys that are my mentors, dude, that I just kind of, you know, I, I just talk to them about shit and fucking go over stuff. But these dudes, you know, everyone has a different process of what gets them ready for whatever scene, dude. And I'm just kind of picking apart from each of these guys and see what works for me. Yeah, you it's, know? it's weird, right? When, when you look at, because every single actor is different. So some people don't want to talk to you before a scene. Some people are listening to music. Some people are in their trailer. Uh, you're like me. You're a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. Um, how, how do you deal with everybody else's process? Well, dude, I, it, one thing is I'm just courteous to all their fucking process. I can see when their fucking their demeanor changes, right? Like, and I'm like, okay, cool. He's ready for a scene. I'll leave him alone. One dude has his music on. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to talk to him. For the most part, everyone kind of jokes around and fucks around the whole time until you have a scene, you'll see everyone kind of shut off. Right. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll be in my fucking zone and I'll fucking listen to music and bullshit. You know, I, I know when I have, if I'm going to have a very fucking dramatic scene, I'm probably going to do the same. You know what I mean? I'm probably going to be like, all right, dude, let me stay in my zone. Don't fucking play great. And you know, everyone's playing grab house all the fucking time. Cause a bunch of dudes fucking, you know, it's the same as fucking being in the room with Matt JT and fucking you. you yeah. Know I mean? It's the same. But, like, when you know you have a serious scene, everyone kind of turns it on, which you see the professionalism, you know what I mean? Sure. So um, when I have that opportunity to present some real dramatic shit on film, I'm going to do my, my – I'm going to try and do it justice, right? And with saying that, I'm probably going to fucking step away for a minute and fucking pull out some fucking demons and fucking get it done, you know? Right, right. Um, let me ask you this. Do you guys all get along? Cause that's, that's another key to doing a one hour show is that you get along. Cause if it does well, you're going to be spending a lot of time with these motherfuckers. Well, that's the thing, dude, we've been, we've been doing this now for what a year and a half. Fuck dude. I'm like, I'm super close with a lot of these dudes, man. Actually tomorrow is a day off and another day off and I'm going to go do boxing with a couple of dudes. You know what I'm saying? So that's great. So yeah, dude, we, we became really close and, and you know, it's funny. I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience in this. 
I thought that's normal. And they were all telling me the same, like, fuck no, bro. This is very, this is very different. Everyone's just proud to be here. Everyone's excited to be here. A lot of the people are very inexperienced compared to like two guys that are really just crazy experienced. And so they're like, everyone's really close. And he goes, even the crew sees it. Like you guys, you guys have gotten close in such a short time. And, you know, and I'm like, fuck, I thought that was normal. Like, fuck, no, no. Man, sometimes there's some shitty fucking thing. Yeah, uh, we had a an, an actor on a few weeks back, and um, there was a heavy. Well, it's still going on in the press. A heavy publicized incident where the two leads of a, of a one hour drama do not get along, and they actually hate each other. And what that does to a work environment fucking sucks, man. It makes everything super oh, awkward, I- uncomfortable, and it's like uh, if there's problems between actors that you're with every single day, fifteen hours a day. It's going to bleed through to the show, and uh, it's it's nice to hear that you don't have that problem. Yeah, dude. No, right now, like as of now, shit, we're you know we're good, and I hope it stays that way. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what, when are you guys slated to air? I think I read what late late summer. Is that is that still hold true? Dude, I have no idea. You know, I've heard four different fucking things, and so um, I have no idea. I, I don't even think I, I could even say if I even had a guess, dude. I I think I read it was either July or August. Like I I, I read it, it was getting cranked up pretty soon. Um. Uh, I like We're how you every fucking day. I know. I like how you don't know. And I, because I was home, I was writing that day and I, I had the TCAs on in the background and I, I heard the president announce that you guys got picked up. And I called you and I was like, hey, man, congratulations. And you're like, yo, I have yeah. no, I, I have no well, idea. I'm fucking shooting. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, bro. They don't tell me shit. I'm just sitting here reading my lines. Uh, and, and here's the thing is they really don't, man. Like, uh, you'll probably find out all of the news about your show through. Social media faster than the network will tell you. Um, dead, dead yeah, serious. That's what I'm finding out. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They don't tell you anything. Where you're just like, huh? All right, great. Um, yeah. Every single you know studio film and all that shit that I've done, I, I've found out online faster than like anybody from the studios ever told me. Where I'm like, eh, all right, great. I guess I guess that's the day that's happening. Let's do it. Um, how are your wife and kids? Good, man. I fly home. You know, I'm flying home this weekend. Every three-day weekend, I can kind of come across. I'm flying home. Um, you know, they're all playing fucking sports. They're all going crazy. Uh, she's holding down the fort, man. It's just been, it's a good, you know, she's been a strong foundation for me to fucking, to come over here and keep my mind right. And she keeps everything grounded at home. And it makes things a little easier. As much as how hard as it is, it makes it easier. Uh, once the summer comes around, they're all going to come to L.A., so they'll be here in L.A. for a couple months with me during the summer, so I'll always see them every night. That's awesome. In their bed while they're sleeping, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but no, it's good. We're working through it, dude. I mean, this is an experience for, for all of us. Like, the kids don't understand some, you know, the younger ones. Right. My older one's excited because she thinks, oh, dad's going to be famous, right? And then <laughs> my wife is just, you know, my wife's just like, I don't know if I want to do this all the time. I'm like, yeah, I don't know either. Like, we don't know what this is. We're, this is the first time we're on a fucking show. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen, right? And then you kind of see if this is a lifestyle that you want. If it is, maybe you move to L.A. You know, maybe you don't. Who knows? Like, we, my dad even talks about, like, dude, do we want to go half on a house? Because he's working on another show here in L.A. again. And so it's like, man, as much as I thought I was settled in in Utah, you know, and, and if work's going to provide, you know, the financial means and, and, and you know, it could be very lucrative for the family and comfortable for the family. And, you know, you, you just start questioning 
what's the direction we're going to go with life now? You know, and I, I don't know. I can't even tell you. You know, we're just trying to, as long as we're together, man, you know what I'm saying? As long as we're, we're raising that family, you know, we're, we're going to get through this, dude. It's just super weird to be in this position. And it's a blessing, though, right? Like, it's, yeah. I say weird. It's like, I can sit back and look at my life like, okay, this is not normal. Like, I don't, you know, there's probably a small handful of people who ever have to go from not being fucking on a TV show to all of a sudden being on a TV show, you know, and, and not really believe. Like, I'm not, I wasn't like a lot of the guys who were going for this role. They're already doing acting and acting and acting and acting. They're jumping job to job to job. I did Range 15. I filmed some dads in the park. And then, boom, I'm on a fucking show. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're like, wait, this is happening a little too fast. Yeah, but it's look, it's exciting. Uh, the the one, the the only other thing that I, that I can tell you is the hard the hard part about being on a a Kurt Sutter show is you don't know when you're going to get killed. So if you moved your entire family out there, you could get the the next script the following week and be like, "Hey, Rocco, sorry about that. We uh, we had to kill you and rape you in the scene, and we're all done." That's uh, the thing. Yeah, that's the fear, bro. That's the fear. Is like what is like you know. Uh, trust me, I want all seven, eight, nine, ten seasons, right? But, yeah. But you don't know, right? Kurt Sutter wrote himself to get raped, right? And if he did that, no one's safe, you know? And so so when when things like that, when he did that on Sons of Anarchy, and I was like, oh, my God, he wrote this? He wrote himself to get raped in prison? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. That means that I'm not safe from anything, bro. No. You know what I mean? So, it's like, so you sit here thinking, okay, you, you do your part as an actor, and you you respect this craft so much and you put in the work, you can be the best one on film and eventually it just might be your time because of the way the story pans out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, so then what do I, do I move back to Utah or do I try and to now live this actor's life going from job to job to job? Right? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I fucking want to live like that. Right. I, I personally, I would love to be in a position where let's see whiskey kicks ass, beer dog, that's calm kicks ass. Right. And I'm able to, fucking pick and choose no i want that one or no i want that one you know right but again it's too soon to tell bro like right now i'm just hoping this ride doesn't end you know yeah <laughs> i know and that's that is the that is the true actor's life is what that is where you're just like all right sweet but if this goes what's the next thing that's gonna happen what do i do <laughs> now because i'm not really sure um, what I will say this about you is you're such an unbelievably hard worker that I have no doubt whether or not you get killed off the show or whatever, you'll have like nine more things in the hopper and, uh, nothing's oh, going dude, to slow sure. you down. So, um, it, it just depends on, right now, you know what I mean? yeah, it just depends on whether or not well, you want to, where, where you want to live, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, that's how I see it too. Like. I mean, after this fucking, I'm going to go to the gym and then I have a meeting with a producer because I'm always trying to work on the next project, right? You're the one who told me that. Yes. You said, you're only as good as your next project. And I'm like, motherfucker, he's right. Yeah. So like, I'm glad I'm working on this show. Trust me, I hope it never ends, but I'm still, you only film, what, five months out of the year? Then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck, yeah. You know what I mean? I got more time to do something else. So I'm always trying to fill those times with something, you know what I mean? Like, look, dude, you, know, you already know entertainment. It's so weird. I filmed Dad in the Park two years ago, and this weekend it was playing before fucking the, the, the Infinity Wars. I had probably over 200 messages like, bro, I saw you on the big screen. Congratulations. I'm like, dog, we filmed that two years ago. I had no idea. It was even, <laughs> and, and now people are seeing this. 
crazy dude yeah and that's that's how the uh the entertainment industry works where um like you take matt's book right um we signed that deal the day after trump got elected uh for penguin the book was done we we turned it in june 1st to the publisher of last year um yeah it's still it's still the department of defense it still has not been cleared that is the only hurdle left it's down to one person to clear this book um, when I, when I finished, uh, I took a, like a week off cause it was, that was a really, really big job and it was, it was hard and we, you know, we had to go through the CIA and all that shit. And I looked at my wife and she was like, Oh, she was like, well, you're going to just take it easy. Right. And I was like, no, I still owe the sequel for a night. She cries while he rides his steed. I was like, I think I'm going to write that now. And she was like, why would you do that? She's like, you know, you got Matt's book coming out and uh, and the movie Drinking Bros Live movie and all that stuff that you're you're directing. And I'm like, no, I think I'm going to write it now just in case. Sure enough, the fucking sequel is coming out August 14th. Matt's book. We have no date on that at all. And that was done a year before this fucking thing was. Dude, it's so weird. That's the that's the entertainment industry in a nutshell. And if you don't keep staying one step ahead with another project, then you're going to end up, you know, you're going to wake up one morning and have no projects, and you're going to be like, oh, what the fuck do I do? Exactly. That's why. So you have to. Yes. You have to keep fucking grinding, bro. And that's that's okay with me because that's kind of how my brain works. It's like if I'm not working on something, I'm going crazy anyway. So I'm like, fuck, I'll find something to do. But yeah, so you got to you got to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm the same uh, for sure. Um, how did that dads and parks thing come about? With uh, again, it's in front of the the Avengers movie, which is I don't know if you know this, just broke broke the the biggest box office opening weekend record of all time. Dude, crazy! And, and I knew something, dude, because I swear to you, I've never got that many messages on Instagram, Facebook, text messages. Like my cousins, my nephews, my fucking aunts, my, everybody in the motherfucking mom would go watch this motherfucker, and they all saw me. Yep. And then they're like, oh my God, I didn't even, I couldn't believe it was you. I'm like, yeah, I filmed that two fucking years ago. Look how fat I was, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, so <laughs> that whole thing started because I filmed, remember I did the, um, the Long Way Back, the short, the, it's like a, I don't know, like a spoken word short. Yeah, 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 which was great, by the way. It was in a, it was in yeah, a couple festivals. Yeah, exactly. So I went to the GI Festival in, in New York or somewhere out there in New York. And uh, when they did that, the host was Jeremy Keller. And he was fucking funny, and he's talking about, you know, he's being in the, in the Navy and this and that, and he's just a fucking cool dude. So me and JT went on bullshit with him. We got his number. He looked us up, looked at all the fucking videos, like, dude, I want to work with you motherfuckers, right? We're like, hell yeah, dude. So we ended up going to L.A. to film for something. It was something either with Ranger Team, that was Ranger I'm not even sure why we went to L.A. We went to L.A. for another event. And... He said, hey, can you guys come film Dads and Park, maybe? And then, I, dude, I was, like, asleep. And JG's like, hey, dude, do you want to film with? I'm like, yeah, where is it? He goes, that's the park. I was like, yeah, dude, i head over there in a little bit. I got dressed, and I'm wearing baseball with some gear, dog, right? Because I didn't think about it, right? I'm just like, well, which, again, I love those things, so I don't give a fuck. But sure. if I would have thought about it, it would have been an Article 15 shirt. Or lead slingers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. A lead slingers risky shirt or something, dude. <laughs> I'm just I'm just wearing baseball shit because I love baseball shit, dude. So I fucking go there and dude, the first thing he goes, You're just a scary guy and sit down and it's kinda of like an improv. And so I sit down and he's like, Looks like he's scared, I'm like, I'm not gonna kill you. All that shit's like improv, dog. And so we, we played it off and it went well. He goes, 
fuck, man, you're an asshole, dude. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know, dude. You're like, whatever. Like, improv, for some reason, is very similar to what we do with Matt and JT on, on our videos. You just kind of fucking wing, wing it and see what's funny. Right. And so we filmed another one about my kids. You know, I don't let them win, blah, blah, blah. And, and dude, we filmed those, and fucking, those are done. They went up. They did whatever. They go away. Then we film another cycle. So I filmed Dead in Park probably four times now. I'm going to film some while I'm out here as well. And then all of a sudden, the fucking movie theater's like, hey, we need some big previews before the previews. And and Jamie is a buddy of one of the guys. He goes, well, dude, you can use Dead in Parks. You know, we'll find whatever clips you guys want to use. And so we made some specific for them. I've already had them up there in the movie theaters once or twice here and there. And then... He just sends them the old ones. Like, here, here's some old ones if you guys want to use them. All of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, he goes, dude, they're going to use ours one of these upcoming weekends. And it just fucking, by chance, happened on the weekend of fucking Infinity War, bro. Oh, my God. The biggest movie opening of all time, and they chose that one. That's unbelievable. Bro, it's unbelievable. And check this out. The owners of fucking, so my buddy is one of the owners, and then his friends, you know, they're owners. So there's like several owners. They're at the movie theaters and they see it. They're like, who the fuck is this dude? And then he tells them, that's my boy. I've been sending him here. You know, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> there was this cool thing. Like, I hit him up. Like, like hey, bro, let me make, I'm going to get a couple hats. And this and that. He goes, yeah, dude. So, you know, they always support. They support. But, um, you know, baseballism is cool people. I, I buy all their shit all the time because I'm just a fan. And they were just tripped out that I fucking had it on during that. And it was just by chance, bro. Yeah, I got and look, I got into baseballism because of you. And obviously, both of us are diehard sports fans um, in real life. And uh, I, I've been watching their company slowly grow and grow and grow and grow um, to to be in theaters because th- those guys are very generous and they've given us hats and stuff over the years. And um, uh, they had to have lost their shit when they saw that in theaters. Bro, they would not. They said they sent an email across the freaking the whole company. You know what I mean? And yeah, their company's growing, dude. They're still a sports store guy down the street from my house in Utah. I'm just like, holy shit, they're, they're growing, bro. They're yeah, gonna, they opened one up in, well. in Atlanta, in my hometown. And um, yeah, they're yeah. those fucking guys are blowing up, man. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, freaking yeah. Awesome. So, so what else? What, what would you like to do in the near future? Uh, dude, like you know, when it comes to film, you know. I, I, I want to see where, where my character goes with this, but like, I like to be tested. I've been a physical dude my whole life. This is more of a mental, emotional thing that's really hard to do, but I think it's a good challenge. It's a fun challenge for me. It's something different. And so I'm excited to see what this happens, but I'm learning as much as I can because I would love to, I would love to write and direct my own film. I really would. Really? You know, I've been, what, what would you like to do? A drama or a comedy? Well, I, I kind of wrote this drama slash comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? A dramedy. I kind of wrote this. Yeah, it's a dramedy. Yeah, it's, not, it's you know, a dramedy. It's, it's just telling the stories, dude. I just want to. I want to find a cool story and, and tell the story real well through through film. I really think that's probably the future of what I want to do. Um, be able to pick and choose my battles. Uh, write a script I really like, or find a script I really like, and try and produce it and freaking direct it and. Just get it done, man. I, I think that's where, as much as I love being in front of the camera, or I'm not afraid of it, I think it would be fun to control the whole space and, and develop a really cool show or movie. Yeah, it, it is. When you're in control of your own project, um, 
it, it's a blast. It's more work, but it, it's it's worth it in the end when you get the power of the edit and the cut and all that stuff. You don't have to worry if you're going to die in it, uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, but That's I, the thing is, like, I've been yeah, I've been in like this leadership role my whole life, and I think it's just it only makes sense if I'm going to stay in film to be in the leadership role as well, and that be directing and film, you know, and running your whole thing, just kind of like what you've done. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and again that comes with its own set of headaches. But I would say it's definitely worth it in the end because again, you can control your own destiny. Um, the lawsuits yeah. and all that other shit are another story. But uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you get used to that over the years where you're just like, all right, cool. Who's trying to who's trying to extort me for money? All right, great. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll go for this. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I. Uh, I, I I do enjoy it and I see you I see you continuing after this. I just you're one of those people to me that just needs one thing out in the mainstream and I think you'll take off from there. Um and I hope the Mayans is the one that does that for you. Yeah, man. I, I you know it's funny, I, I try and network with the right people because I feel the same. I, I really want that one opportunity that's gonna it's going to put me in the limelight where someone says, holy shit, who's this and what's he do? And then I really want them to dig, pull back the layers and say, holy shit, like this dude is like super real. And he's trying to do things for the veteran community in a different light, right? He's trying to, he's trying to bring attention to the veteran community. He's trying to motivate, inspire veterans to, to break down those barriers of thinking there isn't life after military. I would love to see more veterans in entertainment. I would love to see more veterans, like combat veterans from OAF, OEF of our era, trying it, going out there and doing it. You know what I mean? You know, I, I just, I just would love to see that. Dude. I, I think there, there's no reason why we can't. I think veterans kind of run the gambit of emotions. And I think acting essentially is just displaying emotion through film. Um, and so uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, maybe the mindset of will be that, that segue that helps veterans see, like, dude, I'm just a normal motherfucker here. I'm just willingness to get up there and fucking fail, you know, and that's pretty much what I'm doing. He's doing the best to, to put it all out there, but I fail. I fail on the daily. They say, cut. Nope, that was terrible. Do it again. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it would just, I would just love to be that. I would love to be just maybe the Kickstarter of a movement of veterans not just in entertainment, but anything, right? Like seeing like, fuck, dude, we can do anything we put our minds to, like anyone can, right? But for some reason, I feel like my community of, of veterans has tend to uh, tend to, to put some barriers up for themselves, you know what I mean? And, and I would hope that that can change. Seeing guys like, man, there's several, you know, actors like Jeff Bosley out there, who's a special forces actor, who's, who's doing the same as me, just trying to get that one role that's going to solidify them in, in entertainment. Um, you know, there's, there's several guys like that. You know, Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer's out there doing it. He's doing the same thing as me. We're just a, a small handful of us that are out here grinding it out, trying to get these, the notoriety behind our acting and, and prove that we, we belong here. And so hoping in doing that and, and in doing this show, um, just because I'm an actor here doesn't mean I'm going to be great. I'm just hoping that I am. I'm hoping that I relate on film. I hope the person who's watching, the viewer, says, Holy shit, that guy really, I, I feel what he feels. You know what I mean? And that's what I want to do. I want to, I don't want to just be a guy on film. I want to be a great actor. And so, like in a lot of things in life, what I do is I try and go all in. And, and right now in acting, that's what I'm doing is I'm all in. So, 
Yeah, and and for for the audience, because we look, we use this narrative a lot when we were, you know, shooting Range Fifteen and did did the documentary for Range Fifteen. Explain to the audience: there really isn't a lot of veterans working in Hollywood for some reason. Say that one more time. There there really isn't a lot of veterans working in Hollywood for some reason. Like you're on a you're you're on a set with probably what between cast and crew a hundred people every day. Yeah, and I think there's three veterans. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it's fucking crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and well, the thing is, is there's three veterans, but like, at the same, same time, like, one guy's a grip, one guy's transport. You know what I mean? And right. he's like, holy, sh- holy shit, it's Rocco. I'm like, what's up, dude? You know, but like, it, there's, there's definitely a field here, right? There's definitely a work environment that, that we can do. Uh, there's a, there's a ton of work that veterans could do. And not only that, like, dude, after working on Range 15, I would prefer to hire veterans because I know they're going to be on time. I know they're going to be hardworking. I know there's not going to be any fucking attitude because, um, you know, I, you don't have to say who it is, but obviously. But on all these things, you work with some crew members and you're like, man, why are you such a fucking dick every day? I think that's everywhere, right? Like, you're it is. Society. You find people that complain about everything. You're like, what are you doing, bro? Like, just be blessed that we. They got a, I got a catering guy making me a breakfast burrito in the morning. That's fucking beautiful. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. So I, I, me personally, I'd like to see more veterans in, uh, in the Hollywood community. I, I think you can make that happen. And, and look, since I have you here and I, I've missed my sports buddy on the show, I want to ask you uh, about 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 the fight game that's going on. I, there's a couple potential matchups that are coming up. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on them. First of all, dude, your yeah. your your boy Canelo. Um, you were always a big Canelo fan, and uh, he just got popped and suspended for six months for some. Yeah. I, explain Three Mexican steaks. <laughs> yeah, is is that real or is that bullshit? I've always wanted to ask yeah. you because you'll know more than anyone whether yeah. or not it's the meat or if that's an actual steroid he's taking. No, that's that's a, it's a steroid, dude. It's funny because like <laughs> I fucking knew it. There's, 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 there's a lot of fucking fighters who have just hot, who have who have failed the drug test and blamed it on, oh, it was because of this, oh, it was because of this. In, in reality, what it is is they have a strength conditioning coach, and for them to kind of not have the liability of that, the strength conditioning coach gives them whatever the fuck they want. They take it, don't ask questions. They get in better shape. Hey, win-win for everyone. Right, right, and 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 the the deal is when guys are fucking supplementing before the fight, it's never good to be on it during the fight. They do it off season to get bigger, stronger, and then they fucking come off of it. But when they go to the fight, they're nice and loose and they're ready to go. So they built their muscle on the off season. The thing is, fighting and MMA now they do these multiple different tests throughout it, so you almost you, you almost can't kind of go around it, but you still can, right? They still do. And, uh, you know, he got caught with his pants down, dude. And, and they had to think of a, of a PR move that was going to protect him. And fucking, they said to fucking the Mexican steaks. And it's like, all right, that's fucking weird, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I've heard, because I've heard that excuse from like, you know, a bunch of Mexican fighters have been popped for the same, What it, it's it's called what, glenbuterol? Is that what it is? Clenbuterol, clenbuterol, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've all, all right, been popped. In, like, in, in, in the sports world, they call it clen. But... <laughs> Yeah, they, all these Mexican fighters you know, have been popped for this, and, they, and they're they're getting suspended, and they're like, "Oh no, no, it's it's the it's the cow, it's the meat, the meat's contaminated." And I'm like, "Motherfucker, no, like you're training know, in America, why are you eating Mexican meat in the first place?" Because they're treating the fucking cow 
with fucking mad hormones that'll fucking spill over into them. They're just doing all it's, it's like, oh, that's not my fault. The cow's fucking taking steroids. That guy's fucking. The cow's buddy is fucking shooting him in the ass, and now I'm eating his tits. That ain't my fault. Like, fuck you, dude. Whoever's breeding that cow for you to specifically eat is fucking making that motherfucker one more charge for your ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's... Now, and, I, and you know what? In that matchup, I'm a, I'm a fucking Triple G fan in that matchup. Same, same. I thought he won that last fight easily. Um, I don't know how they called that a draw. I think the, the, I, dude, I feel the, same. the fix was I, the fix was in on that bullshit to me. Yeah, I this one this is when I when I fucking hate boxing and I love boxing with a fucking passion. But that is when I want to go in there and drop kick every motherfucker in that damn ring because it's bullshit. You got fucking Oscar De La Hoya who is fucking dude, he is like a, a strange cookie dude, just straight. Oh up, yeah, weird. you saw the photos of him dressed up in the ladies' fishnets and all that shit with makeup on, right? Dude, yeah, and some shit just went down recently again. Another weird fucking thing. It was something strange. Like, if I believe, if like you can't quote me on this, you got to look it up. But I believe some fucking he was in a room with prostitutes and he was shoving weird things in his own ass. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I heard like yeah. he, he blamed it on going off the wagon or you know slipping on drugs or whatever. It's like, look, man, I don't know. Dr- that- drugs does not make you want to fuck your own ass. You know what I'm saying? That's like, I've never, yeah, I haven't taken any. I don't, I don't do drugs, but I mean, I, I didn't know there was a, there was a drug that makes you want to do that. That's weird. I got to stay away from that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have done drugs, and I can tell you this: there is not a drug that's like, nah. I, I think I want to, I think I want to jam a fucking vacuum cleaner in my ass, like just the back handle of a vacuum cleaner in there. <laughs> I think this is gonna feel a lot better. This high is gonna feel so much better if I start shoving things up my butt. <laughs> Yeah, that, that oh definitely that drug does not exist. Um, all right, so uh, well, we, dude, Oscar Del Hoyos, real quick, Oscar Del Hoyos is a shady promoter. Yeah, shady, but he obviously he wants to make money. When the whole McGregor Mayweather thing went down, he was talking shit because he wanted Canelo to get that fight because he knows how much money that was going to be. And so he started talking all the smack. It was actually within a week or a month of the, of each other, and then a tie or or a draw. Yeah. Right? And, and it's like, uh, yeah, we all know what that means, more money, which is fucking shit for the boxing community. I just don't agree with it. I think 90% of fans don't agree with it. So. Yeah, I, I don't agree with it. Um, you know, he was talking a lot of shit about McGregor and uh, and Mayweather because he, look, let's face it, he wanted that money because um, it essentially nuked half that box office for Triple G Canelo. Then the outcome of Triple G Canelo did them no favors whatsoever. Um, I think that was yeah. rigged for a rematch so they could make even more money. And then, you know, you got the I problem agree. with uh, the, the problem with Canelo getting popped for steroids is, you know, that fight is now moved to September at the earliest. So the earliest they can do that rematch is, is, is September. I think it'll probably go down just because of how much money it is. I hope Triple G pummels yeah. him, cleans out Canelo and cleans out De La Hoya. But De La Hoya also said he wanted to fight McGregor after that. And it was like, hey, you were the one who was against this shit to begin with. Now you now you want to fight I, McGregor? Like, I know, I know. And that's the thing is like, you know, in, in that fight, we'll never now have an asterisk above it because of the fact that Canelo would pop for steroids. Like, Canelo, yeah. we all, you know what I mean? Look at Canelo in his first fight. He's a fucking monster. Like, He's been obviously eating these steaks for years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's been eating those those Mexican steaks for a long goddamn time. Um, the next one I, I wanted to talk to you about, the next fight I want to talk to you about is this one. I'm actually kind of excited for would be Joshua versus Wilder. Do you do you follow those big heavyweights? I do, dude. I follow them both on social media as well, dude. So there's a huge, huge like 
debacle going on with those two for a while now. But I agree with this fight. I think this is actually a good matchup. I think we deserve to see kind of unify these titles and bring them together and see what happens. Joshua is a very, uh, he's a good structured fighter. He has a very, very good, you know, basic fighting stance, basic fighting you know, style. Then you got Wilder, who's oh, just fucking that. He's wild as fuck, dude. Yeah. He's exciting as shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think this one, this is interesting. So I watched the Joshua fucking, um, what's the big, the big fucking Russian that just retired. Klitschko. Uh, yep, I saw that fight, and and Josh Joshua didn't impress me much, right? But he ended up he did win, but he got gassed really early. Heavyweights sometimes they're fucking hard to watch. But um, dude, if I had to pick this one, I think Wilder lands one. I think Wilder lands one and fucking takes it. Dude. Ooh, boy, that would be awesome. I mean, look, I'm just excited for the first time in years about a heavy, watching a heavyweight fight. So I personally hope that happens. If you get a chance to check it out. Joshua just has a, they just dropped a new Netflix documentary on him leading up to that Klitschko fight, and it's really fucking yeah. good. Is it good? I haven't seen it, dude. I, I saw the Notorious. It was really good. Yeah, Notorious was great, so that's on Netflix. Um, and then that Joshua doc just dropped, um, and it's it's kind of taking you through his entire career through the Klitschko fights. And uh, you, you get to see... You can't tell me that guy's not eating fucking Mexican steaks too, bro. The guy's oh, he's huge. Um, I, I, I don't know. He he's very well spoken, very polite. I, I I would have a hard time believing he cheats, but that that's me personally. Um, after watching this doc, uh, now Wilder, on the other hand, that looks like the closest thing to Kimbo Slice we have, where they just pulled that motherfucker off the streets and he's just dropping haymakers on people. Dog, dude, about th- three years ago, about three years ago, there was a big scuffle in a fucking hotel lobby. With him, Dante Wilder and his crew, with a guy named Demetrius, another heavyweight my dad worked with. My dad was in between this scuffle, dude. They fucking knocked my father down. He fucking landed on his ass. What? Yes, because Dante Wilder fucking started scrapping with Demetrius right there. The whole mob just kind of attacked him, like jumped the whole group. My dad was just right there in the mix and started trying to square up. And then someone fucking kind of hit him from the side, like like kind of chest bumped him accidentally, I think it was. Knocked his ass down. He's fucked up. And I'm like, what? So I get the call, and I'm like, who the fuck? And, and, and dude, they're in, like, Minnesota. I'm like, I'm calling some majors in Minnesota. I'm flying there. We're going to fuck these motherfuckers up, right? Because all of a sudden, my dad's <laughs> fucked up, dude. I'm like, dude, I, and, and the first word I got, I heard my dad got chopped. I'm like, oh, hell no. We're about to kill everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, but no, it was a crazy thing. He's, he's a little bit of a thug in him. Um, kind of a street dude. But. Fucking fun to watch. Man. Yeah, he's a blast fun to watch, to watch man. Uh, you're right. Like the entertainment factor of that is uh, is is there, and uh, that 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 scuffle that took down. Uh, you, you, what you just described sounds like when Tupac got was stomping on people in that lobby right before he got killed. It's dude. That's what it felt like. It was just it, if you watch the video, it looks like it's just a mob of dudes just rushing people. It's crazy. <laughs> but man, his last fight, his last fight, he showed a lot of patience. He showed a lot of uh, just. He was smarter. The guy he was fighting was a Cuban fighter. I believe he was an Olympian. Very, very skilled fighter. Um, the guy was throwing haymakers and all this, and, and fucking Dante was staying real chill, real real smart about it. And then eventually, on the seventh round, boom, he caught him. And I was like, holy shit, that was, a, that was the best fight I've ever seen Dante Wilder do against a, a fighter who's well-trained, very conventional, 
and uh, he did well. So I think if he took that same approach against Joshua, I think he's going to have the same outcome. Okay. Okay. And the, the last one I want to bring up to you is uh, the potential match that everybody's been talking about of uh, Mayweather versus McGregor, again, inside an octagon, but with with, with different rules. Um, I don't know if you heard yeah, about what, this. What yeah. 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 What are the rules again? The rules are no, no kicks. Uh, no, no, no takedowns. So you can't wrestle. Um, you're still wearing the, the same, like, you know, three, three ounce gloves of the UFC. So it, it's essentially a stand up boxing match inside of an octagon. Um, because you can't use any other, you, you can't grapple, you know, you can clench the same way you can clench in boxing. Um, and the, the gloves are lighter, uh, but there's going to be no takedowns. So it's a boxing in the, match. Yeah. Inside it's of an octagon. With MMA gloves. Yes. Uh, and, and oh, that's, who wins that's that? Scary for Mayweather. I mean, I mean that's scary for Connor. Is it? That's I wonder. Like, an octagon is so much different than a ring. Like, I, I, I wonder if if Connor knows tricks to at least you know clench and get him against a cage. Like, I, I don't know who wins that. To be honest with you, like, I, I, I'm, I would be yeah. definitely excited to see it, but I have no idea who wins that. Here's the thing, dude. It, unless fucking Connor catches him and Mayweather's chin is 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 weak at this time because it's a four ounce glove, I think Mayweather wins again. Oh I man, big, that would be a great I, one. I, I would think, go McGregor on this I think, one. I think if I'm forced to think, to pick one, I go McGregor. It, it, I, I just now hearing the rules. I heard the rules were different, but now hearing that, dude, it's a boxing match with four ounce gloves. Yeah, yeah. Which means He's going to fucking land his punches. He's going to move. He might get caught once in a while. It's going to be the same fight. McGregor's going to get fucking tired because he's going to be chasing this motherfucker around. And he's going to be fucking getting caught. And then eventually, ding, 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 good night. Man, I'm going to go, I'm going to go McGregor on this one. That, and, and when it goes down, um, uh, hopefully it's in Vegas or something. And may, maybe we can get together and go watch it in person. Um, I, That'd be I, fucking dope. I, I'd be amped for that. Uh, you remember this part of the show. You, you, you started it. You were on it. We're, we're here for the drinking bro of the week. Is there somebody inspirational right now on one of your sets um, that you'd like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Yes, dude. Actually, that's awesome. Uh, Emilio Rivera. Emilio Rivera is well known to be Marcus Alvarez. Um, Great actor. The of He's the leader of the Mayans MC. He's the godfather they call him. I'll tell you what, man, I've been around a lot of people in my life, and it's really hard to find someone who is brutally honest and genuine. What you see is what you get, but at the same time, he's willing to expose himself in the most vulnerable ways you would not think is of a character like him. He's, he's an ex-gang member, turned, then, then went to the military. Then from after the military, he went into acting, comedy. But he'll tell you his story, and he tells it so honest. I sit there sometimes and amazed, like, man, he's not afraid. Because you know what? He knows who the fuck he is. And he doesn't care if anyone thinks anything other than that. He's fucking who he is. Whether he's fucking hair falling, his leg hurts, or whatever the case it is. Whatever, whatever you want to say. Like, dude, he will tell you the truth about whatever situation. And, and, and is it, however embarrassing it might be to most people to hear, he'll tell you the truth. And it's like, to me, I guess I envy... I envy that, and I try and live my way, my life like that. I try and just be super honest with my life. You see my, my, my podcast, my fucking, my writing, and he does it, 
and he does it in, a, in the most profound way. Like that guy to me is my mentor. He's someone I look up to, and and dude, and just blessed to be in the same room with him where I am because it, it's always a conversation that in line. So Moreno is my drinking bowl of the week. That's awesome, man. And I, I see you guys on social media hanging out a lot. Um, it seems like you guys are pretty close. So um, I, I'm amped that you have somebody there on set with you like that every day. Um, listen, man, I love you. I appreciate you doing the show. Obviously, uh, you're welcome back every single day. I know you're super busy. Remind people where they can find you on social media cl- across all your platforms. Yeah, for sure. Go check out uh, my Instagram. It's vincent.rocco.vargas. Um, you can also check out my other Instagram. It's going to be more on a podcast. That's Vinny Rock, uh, V-I-N-N-Y-R-O-C. Um, you can find like, the Vinny Rock podcast. Obviously, it's on iTunes. It's on freaking. It's on all the platforms you can think of. Besides Spotify, I'm still working on that one for some weird reason. Either way, um, I have that. I got another little quick cast I'm doing. You can see the link on the Vinny Rock Instagram. That's just little five minutes here and there throughout my time here in LA while I'm here filming and, and behind the scenes and getting in shape and all the crap that's going on. You guys find me. If you just need to go to my website, you can do that too. It's VinnyRock.com. ROC.com. Check them out. I want to give a shout out to Let's Singers Whiskey and fuckingbeer.com for uh, just kicking ass as, as my companies and, and then fucking all the support I get from all you guys. Trust me, man. Every fucking message I get, every everything I get from you guys that says, you know, I'm an inspiration or, or I motivate you or all these things, but trust me, those things do not get looked at and forgotten. Uh, I hold them dear and I appreciate it. Well, hey man, uh, I love you, man. You're 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 one of our best friends, and uh, dude, we miss you. Thank you for doing the show. For sure, brother. We'll see you guys later. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Right, bye. bye, buddy. Ah, that was Vincent Vargas, aka Rocco, aka the chinteresting man in the world, the most chinteresting man in the world. We love him, man. Uh, we miss him being on the show. I know you guys miss him as well. And, uh, you know, look, sometimes life and career and all that stuff takes over. It has nothing to do with friendship or any falling out or nothing. It's, uh, it's just an amazing path in life. And when you get to do a show like the Mayans or uh, the unnamed network show that he, that he was also filming for the last year, uh, you've got to take those opportunities when they come because they can really, really help out your family in an unbelievable way and it's it's tough to find jobs that pay like that in this life so uh for for vincent rocco vargas i am ross patterson we're still the drinking bros no matter what through and through we love you good night everyone